Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, welcome as we come to worship today. If you're uh, with us for the first time, we bid you uh, a very warm welcome. If you're online with us, uh, welcome here in Columbus, Deravogi. Uh, today uh, is our Children's Day. Uh, we are celebrating the life of our children uh, in our parish. Uh, our guest speaker today uh, is Mr. Gareth Campbell. Welcome, Gareth. Uh, welcome, Sarah. Welcome, Patrick. And welcome, Eden. Uh, they're coming to join us uh, for this year, starting in September, but has joined us today uh, as our speaker for this service. So we we'll look forward to that in a few moments. Let's pray as we begin. Father God, we thank you that you have given us the opportunity to gather here in freedom, uh, an opportunity to set aside time today to worship you. Whether we've gathered in person or online, the time that we've set aside is precious. Uh, time that we set aside to shift our hearts and our minds towards you. Lord, may we worship you in spirit and in truth. May the time that we spend together be a time that your spirit would enlighten us, challenge us, encourage us, and shift us forward in our relationship with you. So as we seek you today, Lord, may your presence with us be a source of strength uh, and a source of encouragement. In your name we pray. Amen. By Alan forward to read us God's word. Luke chapter 15, beginning at the 11th verse. And the section is entitled, The Parable of the Lost Son. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me a share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf 
because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Morning. It is nice to be here. Uh, it's, a, it's a daunting atmosphere to come into a new building with everyone knows your name, but I know nobody's name. So I, I look forward to getting to know you over the next year. Uh, I also hope that you can learn a little bit more of me from uh, what we share today. I was particularly daunted when James told me you're used to 35-minute sermons here. So I've done my best, uh, and, and we'll settle in for, for a long journey now. Um, I heard there was dad jokes this morning. So I'm going to start with my dad jokes for you. Um, Sarah's favorite joke of all time is there's two sheep in a field, and one of them turns to the other and said, bah. And the other one said, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Pity laughter, good. That's where we're going for. I'm happy with it. Um, there's two, again, there's two cupcakes uh, in an oven, and one of them says, boy, it's hot in here. And the other one says, ah, it's talking cupcake. Um, <laughs> why do we never see elephants in trees? Because they're so good at hiding. Um, oh, th- thank you, thank you. Um, sort of getting a, a little bit close. Um, more of a niche one. Uh, atheism is the, the world's biggest non-profit organization. Um, um, my, my, my favorite joke of all time is uh, about two men in a desert. There's two men in a desert, and they've been caught in the desert for days and days. They haven't had food or water, and they're really starting to struggle And as they're going, they spot in the distance a tree. And on this tree, there's bacon. Streaky bacon, rashers of bacon, back bacon, all the bacon you could imagine. And so one of them gets up and runs ahead of his friend to the tree. And a man steps out from behind the tree with a gun and shoots him. He falls over on the ground. He's on the ground. He goes, I've got to warn my friend. So he starts crawling back through the sand to warn his friend. He says, don't come any closer. Don't come any closer. This isn't a bacon tree. It's a hambush. Thank you. <laughs> oh, a round of applause. <laughs> you, know, you had to ask for that. Um, yes, yeah. uh, you can also, I've, I've, I've got slightly more uh, know your audience jokes. I've got some uh, dad jokes that are biblical themed. Uh, like Boaz going on a stag do, it was ruthless. Uh, and the classic, if every, anyone need, needs uh, someone to build a boat, a boat, I know a guy. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Knowing your audience is important, uh, and actually that is a little bit today, I want you to also know a little bit about me. I want you to get to know me as we explore this passage and share a little bit about myself. Uh, I am a father of two, a husband. Uh, I turned 30 this year, uh, really struggled with that, having a, um, yeah, within 
within youth work cir circles, sometimes 30 is considered old. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, lots of teenagers in the youth center remind me now that I'm one of the, the, my official job title changed to senior youth worker. And the word senior in my title upset me. Uh, I am, we're 30, 30 years over eight years married this, uh, this summer, which means I got married at 22, which looking back now seems pretty insane. Uh, but I wouldn't change a thing about it. Uh, I was youth worker in Drumglass Parish in Dungannon for four years. Uh, then we got married there and continued to work in around the Dungannon area. I was the youth officer for Armagh for a while. Then moved, we moved back to Lisburn as I got a job in the cathedral. Uh, and now I work in Portadown. So we live in McGabry, so we're not too far away. Uh, cell block H, as people like to remind us. Um, I'm well aware that if we don't go to church on Sunday morning, that the prison has a fire drill every Sunday at 10 past 1. Uh, I know that because, I, yeah, house prices, though, excellent for a first-time buyer. Uh, and so that's why we, we live there. Um, we both grew up in Lisburn. We went to school here at Wallace, just around the corner. Uh, and, yeah, I work in Portadown 30 hours a week. I also, as part of that role, teach in Killacamayan Junior High School. Uh, Lurgan and Portadown are part of what's called the Dixon Plan, which means transfer tests in year 10. Uh, if anyone would like to complain about that to me, I would love to hear it because it is a complicated system that I dis dislike very much and I'm not used to. In, the, in my spare time, I teach GCSE and A-level maths to a couple of students. And in my spare, spare time, uh, I'm studying for ministry part-time. So it's been a slightly longer journey. It takes an extra year compared to full-time students, but it means that I get to come home and be with my family during the week and then travel down to Dublin uh, the odd weekend for, for lessons and lectures. Um, I've learned a lot in my time. I've learned a lot through my busy schedule. And one of the biggest things I've learned is to have trust in the Lord and what it means for us to have trust. And in this passage, this is uh, a really important thing which comes out, first of all, as we look at this passage. Because as a father, I think about the father's response to his son. And we've heard this passage many times. And what it means for a son to turn up at your door and say, do you know what? I don't want you anymore. I just want your money. All I want from you is your wealth. I'm going to go off and disappear. Now, in those days, it was very traditional. There was, there was no debate over how the money was divided. The eldest son got two thirds and the younger son got one third. And that's how it's going to be. And he came and said, look, I want this money now. I know best. I know what's right. I'm going to go and use my money how I want to use it. And the father has a very gracious response where he says, okay, here it is, off you go. I think if Patrick reaches 17, 18 and turns up to me and says, dad, give me half your money, I'm going to go off and spend it how I want to. I'm going to have a thing to say about that. I'm actually going to have, a, it's not going to happen, son, don't worry. Uh, the, the, you know, but to send your son off and say, I trust you, away you go, spend this, knowing that it probably wasn't going to be a good use of those funds was a difficult thing to do. Yet he comes and he trusts in his children. Quite often we're taught in the Bible, honor your father and mother, listen to them. But honor and trust is a two-way street. How do we today think on Father's Day? First of all, about honoring our fathers. But as fathers or as parents or as, as people in our community, how do we respect and honor the people younger than us as well as we respect and think about their needs and all that they do as well? It is about trusting in our father 
and about trusting in our sons. So the son goes off and lo and behold, the money is spent exactly how you would expect it to be spent. It disappears very quickly and suddenly he is left living and working with the pigs. He goes out and is sent into the fields to feed pigs. He longs to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. For a Jewish man, working with pigs put him not just at the bottom, but he became the lowest of the low. He became the lowest person in the Bible, lower either, even than, than a well-known biblical character, Nehemiah. That's the last of my dad jokes. Um, he got entered in as the lowest person now. He is working with the animals which are sacred, uh, and yet he doesn't just long to eat them, he longs to eat the scraps that they have been given. Now, for those of you who are still at school, you'll know there's school dinners every day, yes? Now, ima- what, we have to ask, what is it that pigs eat? eat? Imagine at the end of the day, school dinners, do you eat all of your dinner or do you leave a little bit on your plate? Let's say there's beef, there's roast potatoes, bit of gravy, maybe beans. There might be a little bit left in the plate, yes? And you scrape that into a big bucket. Well, that bucket is then what was given to the pigs to eat. It was leftovers, it was rubbish, it was not very nice. It was all the things that everyone else didn't want to eat. And that was what was left for the pigs to eat. And yet this man was so hungry, even he craved that to fill his stomach. So he thought, I know... I'll go back and see my father. Now, here's where the son deserves some credit. Because I'm going to say men, so excuse my uh, gender uh, exclusivity in this comment, but it, it means everyone. One of the things I think men aren't good at is asking for help. And so here we have this man deciding, I'm going to go home and ask for help. I'm stuck. I'm at my lowest point. I'm going to ask for some help. My favorite hobby is uh, chasing a ball around the field. Some people call it playing golf. I call it ruining a nice walk. Uh, if anyone would like to invite me for a game of golf to get to know you, I would love to do so, but I am not very good at golf. People ask me what my handicap is, and it is so high it is not even worth talking about. However, it is a lovely day out to go out and hit a ball around the field with your friends, and it is a sport like no other, because in football or in rugby or in hockey, which I played a lot of, You spend your time focusing on the game, and there's not much time in between it. It's all go, 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 stop for 10 minutes, go, go, go. But golf, you're meant to hit the ball a fair distance. Mine kind of pitters along the ground a little bit. But you're meant to hit a distance, and then you walk, and you talk, and you communicate with the people around you. And that's something I've learned to get better at, because this guy, this son, realized the need to talk to people, the need for community. The need to sit around tables as a member of a group. The need to have those people around them. And for me, that's what my favorite hobby, golf, is about. Taking time with my friends to go out and to talk with them, to share things going on in our lives, to communicate. Quite often I have uh, young girls will come and say, I really need a chat. Let's sit down and have a coffee and talk about something. But young boys, they're like, let's come and play Xbox or... Let's go and do something and have something else that they focus on whilst the game, and then they can begin to open up and talk about their lives. Because sometimes we're not very good at opening up. We're not very good at sharing things in our life, but this young man realizes, I need to ask for help. I'm, 
hoping that you'll get to know lots of my strengths over the next, next year. But to be open and honest, first of all, when asking for honesty, I thought I'd be honest this morning as well. My biggest weakness is my, my academics. I, I, for training for ministry, they now require you to do a master's in theology. And I am not someone who ever thought I'd be studying a master's. And it's been a struggle, and it's been a difficult process through it. However, I have learned in this process to ask for help, to have 30 people read my assignments before they go in, to have people who are good at different things do those things for us. Because on this journey, nowhere in Scripture does it ever say that we are meant to do this by ourselves. Nowhere does it say that we are meant to go out and you become a Christian and then you go off by yourself on a journey and hope that you do okay. Instead, we have Jesus who chose to journey 12 other people at all times, plus a group of other followers around him as well. That There were people there with him on the journeys, and there are people there with us on the journey too. People to support us. And we need to know who those people are, that we can turn to them to know to support them. And the, the person that this boy knew to turn to was his father. And that is the wonderful thing about that video that we saw this morning of people saying, what is it that you love about your dad? That he is there, he makes me smile, and actually I hope as well that he's the person I talk to. He's the person I grew to know about things and ask for support. That he is the person that I will turn to when I am struggling and when I am hurt. And that is who this boy turns to. He turns to his father to ask for help. He turns Give me what even make me a servant if that for me. And he goes home. And here's the next thing. The father knows his son. He knows that things are going to go pear-shaped. He knows that things that, that money is going to run out. He knows there was no plan for it. And he is ready to be there to support. He knows his audience. He knows. He knows what jokes were funny, what makes him laugh. He knows when the money runs out. And he gets up and runs to his son. He doesn't wait for him. Freedom to welcome him home and to invite him back into the community. To welcome him back and to have a him. Now, often we hear this passage, that's when the story ends. But I want to ask one more really important which is, does Jesus know his audience? I've said this a few times, the, the father knows his audience. Yes, as you tell jokes, the comedian knows his audience. But the question we ask is, does Jesus know his audience? When we look at this passage, let's go all the way back, and I'm going to read you the first two verses of, of this chapter of Luke. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told this parable. And he shares the story of the things which are lost. The lost coin. He also uh, shares about the lost sheep. And then he shares about the lost son. But who is he talking to? He is talking to Pharisees. He is talking to a group of men or a group of people who aren't a fan of his at all. That actually, they are trying to create religion for an elite group of people. That they are saying, these newcomers into our religion aren't welcome. 
They need to be circumcised to fit the bill to be a part of our This talking to. So when we say know your audience, who was Jesus' audience? His audience was a group of people who needed to hear, let's welcome people. So important message for the Pharisees isn't to do with the lost son. His brother responds this. Well, his brother says this. His brother is angry and refuses to go to the party. He refuses to go in, so his father goes out and pleads with him. And the elder son says this. Look, all these years I've been slaving for you. I've never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours has squandered your property, you kill the fattened cow. Not my friends, when this son of yours. We need to graciously accept everyone into our fold. And this is answer to the question which I got asked, why did I go into ministry? This is the best answer for this passage. If you want to get to know me, I think it's important that you get to know my heart. Because what my heart is, is for the community around us to come to know Jesus, to get to know him, and that we can welcome them in and have a party. That we are not called to have parties for ourselves, but we are called to open the doors and celebrate new people coming in. That we need to go out and people and invite them into our fold. And sometimes that's a difficult thing for us as members of a church to welcome. We have, there, there are people in this community, I'm sure, that have been members of this church all your life. For 20 years, 30 years, 40 years to invite someone new into our community and then celebrate them and ignore you to a certain extent. Gospels to do. They call us to take the message out, to welcome people into our community around these things and to celebrate all of those who come in. Thank you, Gareth. We conclude today with a verse from Romans chapter 15. It says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much.